Welcome to The Lunch Table, where real friends who are real pastors having real conversations you may or may not have said out loud once you've left The Lunch Table. And we are glad that you're here with us at The Lunch Table, and we were just kind of doing our pre-talk before we try to launch this podcast, and just some heavy stuff and some, some real things started coming out, and just feeling like this is the point of this podcast is to once again actually put it out there for us to talk to and so Nate why don't you catch us up we just got back from Arizona we've been gone for a week yeah and Nate you feel like the Lord put some things on you to talk to to your church about and then um talk let's talk about real ministry and what it's like when you get back from a trip like this and when God's leading you to do something yeah so um man just to catch everybody up you've heard some episodes we recorded in Arizona that were just incredible, man, having some guests on, um, just a lot of laughter, a lot of great times. And boy, if uh, this is a true definition of ministry, real life, man, you go from a week with your buddies and friends and ministry and just literally kind of that high of a trip, you know, and just excitement and just exhausted from literal 6 a.m. <laughs> nights of talking and, and laughing and time changes and, um, I've used this phrase over and over coming back, you know, it's, it's exhilaratingly exhausting <laughs> because you just mm-hmm. pour, pour, pour and get poured into. And then um, just to give a personal story, man, coming back to real life, you know, um, 2021 has been a rough year for my family, you know, immediate family, just in the sense of health and curveballs and change and um, just finished a series in October on change. And uh, my family, uh, Hope and the kids are in Tennessee. They left on Friday um, as we were recording this. And, you know, I, I, I had God just explode in my house, man, with me alone one night, just praying for vision, praying for a new passion for people coming off of that trip. Um, I allowed what I've been through this year, which others have been through worse. I know that. But for me personally, it did change me. It's changed how I approached people. It changed how I looked at ministry and it caused me to isolate myself more than ever before. And if I, you know, thought of a chance to hang out with people or I could just sit at home and work with DVR, I would rather do that, which is not me at all. And um, led to a very vulnerable, very honest sermon Sunday as we finished our series, Even If. Shout out to Orange. Thank you for that. (laughs) Um, But finished a series on even if and I was able to really pour out to my church and I literally am preaching a sermon and I literally am sharing with the congregation like how it's been hard to have to look at hope and my kids at times and say hey I know this was the plan but things have changed you know and and I I don't want to complain about that anymore you know it's ministry it's life and um, I've got my bag packed and I'm ready to head to Tennessee to see them Uh, We were going to be coming back a few days later, and they're excited. I mean, literally that morning, I'm praying with my kids on FaceTime before church, and my five-year-old is just like, you know, Dad, I'm counting down the hours. Mom said six more hours till you'll be here, you know, just so excited. And, uh, like, to literally just be that excited and then to preach that sermon and how do we have to handle change, and it's about God, not ourselves. And then to come off of the sermon um, and one of my main leaders of church just telling me, Nate, you need to sit down. We've got some news. Um, one of the literal like Mount Rushmore's of our church, uh, a retired pastor in his 70s, um, 
she told me that he passed away and he, that he had just died that morning and that they were waiting until after church to tell me about it. And uh, the loss of him alone, I mean, that's next to my dad. It's definitely the hardest loss I've experienced in my life. Um, he is literally the reason why, you know, my church exists. He told the church 12 years ago as a, as a retired pastor, um, church, we have no children, we have no youth. We're not baptizing anybody. We have to change and we have to become more modern. For a seven-year-old to use the word modern, you know, come on, that's ridiculous. <laughs> and uh, literally ushered in. Um, Matt, um, my brother here could uh, relate to this part. Um, Mitch's story is exactly like my dad's where he was in a very rough home, very hard life. And someone picked him up as a child and took him to church. And so that led him to a, a lifetime of ministry and a lifetime of uh, pastoring and a lifetime of focusing on young kids and families. And uh, he got diagnosed with cancer a couple years ago. He's fought it and literally shot a testimony video where he told our church to a video as he was too weak to even walk. You know, church, you better keep focusing on children. You better keep focusing on youth because that's the future. And someone focusing on that for him as a kid is why he came to church. And uh, our dad has the same testimony and story. And so the loss of that, uh, you're just exhausted. Like, it's just hard, of course. And then FaceTime with my kids on Sunday, telling them I'm not coming for the trip. You know, I had to be here for the family and do funeral visits, funeral homes. And that's a part of the job. I'm not complaining. It's just, it's hard. It's just been that kind of year. But in the midst of that, it's like God is exploding. He is showing us so much and he's leading us. And you can come back from the highs of an IA summit and face the, some of the hardest lows you've ever faced. And without God, I would not be recording today. <laughs> I would be in the fetal position somewhere, not wanting to do anything. And instead, I want to reach more people than ever before. I want to be around more people than ever before. A passion has been ignited through um, tragedy. So um, thank God for God. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Drew, what do you think, man, when you hear these stories and you hear someone that you're really close with, like Nate, you know, kind of share his heart, what's what's going through your mind? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I mean, my heart breaks, you know, because I, you know, I think we've all been, um, been in positions like that. Um, yeah. I think especially for um, I know th the three of us having kids in ministry and um, just knowing um, what it's like to, you know, be pulled away from family and all these things. And, you know, just the, the, I can imagine me having to do that with my son, Kipton, who's actually just about the same age as, as Hayden. Um, and uh, just this thought of just like disappointing, like your family to take care of ministry and stuff um that sucks it's a it's a reality a lot of the time um yeah. but it sucks um and um and the loss of someone so awesome like that um just horrible you know but it's it's also at the same time like you never know what god's going to use like a, as a catalyst you know for those things and um you know, I, I know for myself, like I've definitely walked through some crappy situations that um, felt like really crappy situations. You know, I mean, like I've, you know, had lots of weird health things that have brought me to the point where it's like, hey, um, 
it's time to change things and you gotta you know sometimes you gotta you gotta know when it's time to change you know and figure things out um and you know that's that's definitely been a road that i've walked um you know but and it never feels good like it's ne- it's never going to either you know it's just like this this moment of just like you gotta step into what god's gonna do and you know kind of exactly what what nate was saying you know is that like you know thank god for god you know because like without without like his his hand and all that stuff um yeah. this would all be horrible and it would just be a terrible conversation to have um a terrible thing to go through um but you know with the hope that we do have you know knowing that he knows what he's doing um you know we can hope and pray for the the end of of disappointing family moments and uh and pray that he would just use the hardships um to the greatest extent for the kingdom you know like that's um that's all we can hope and pray and you know and just like know that he's he knows what he's doing you know well i think for us as like leading people and i guess this is what i was thinking nate while you were talking was it's okay for people to see who you are through this i think it's okay for people to see that you miss your kids that you yeah. want to be in tennessee that yeah you are sad to see your this mentor go this this giant in your church go and i think the question i have is you know and ministry are, are i guess this is specifically to nate right now but maybe overall like where how can we be vulnerable or like what do you feel allowed to be vulnerable do you feel like you have a place to where you can just truly say what you're feeling whenever you get that news and what you're going through this week because you know you got a lot going on this week as well yeah um so good timing of that question man um you know it was, it was such an awkward moment you know after church we have a chili cook-off cornhole tournament you know and like <laughs> I get this news and I, and I, you know, just, you gotta cry it out, you know, you gotta be real with your emotions. But then I was really worried about everybody seeing me cry and thinking something happened to Hope and the kids or mom or something, you know, I'm like, your mind is just going 50 million directions. So obviously I call the family, you know, um, of the man that passed and pour out to them. And then I call Hope and give her the news and then I come out because uh, you know you gotta get the, the day going or whatever and you're just like well then sure enough a crowd of people saw me just like they could tell I've been crying and they you know is Hope okay I said, yeah I'm sorry everybody's fine uh, but Mitch just passed away and I mean everybody knows Mitch even the new families like because of his testimony video and everything yeah. um, and then man would you believe bro I'm so blessed from that man like the people they're so awesome to me because like they just wrapped me up, man. And even as they were hurting, you know, they just uh, hugged on me and just said, you know what? Like, oh, it hit them when it hit them that that meant I wasn't jumping in the car, you know, and everything. Um, one lady in particular said, you know, oh, you you think you could still go just for today? And I and I'm in ministry mode. I'm in pastor mode, and I'm like, no, the family doesn't want any visitors today. You know, they they asked me to meet them at the funeral home tomorrow. She goes, no, 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 Nate. I'm talking about to Tennessee. Like, how can we help you be there for your family? like that's crazy man you know like they were more concerned about me and my, my kids and my, my wife and uh you know and again I, I hope people hearing this you know not complaining this is a part of the job you know this is 
this is what we deal with. But I was able to be honest that, yeah, this sucks. You know, it's the loss itself is really hard. I mean, he'd been battling health issues for a long time, so it wasn't a shocker. Um, on Friday or someday last week, they said he had two weeks to a month and it was a little more sudden than we expected, um, but died peacefully in his sleep. Praise God for that. Um, but then on another note, you know, um, man, I, I just started actually listening back to all of our podcasts. I would encourage everybody to listen back to the balance of family and ministry, the two, two episodes, because, um, you know, Hope wasn't mad at me at all. Of course, she wasn't upset. She was sad I couldn't come. And then my kids, man, like Caden, five-year-old, you know, daddy, you're going to stay home to help people that are sad. And I was like, yeah, bud, that's what I'm going to have to do. Stay here and help people that are sad and uh, not bragging on my home or anything, but literally we've set a foundation of we are here to serve others. And selfishly, I'm going to be at a carnival with my kids in Tennessee. But, you know, part of my job is to be here to help hurting people and you know, they go from sad, like dad's not coming to, oh, but dad, you're helping people, you know, do your job, you know, it's all good. Um, and so if I hadn't established a better balance of that, which as y'all have heard in my story, it was not always the case in the past. Um, you know, I don't think they would have understood, you know, more than just daddy's got to work, you know, daddy's, daddy's going to help people that are really sad, you know, and, and we've done that with our kids. We've said, hey, you know, when you're sad and your teacher helps you, you know, that's what we're going to do for other people when they're sad. Um, you know, and they, and they've grasped that. And so, yeah, the realness is it still sucks. It's still, you know, whatever, but my church literally, I'm, I'm telling y'all, I cannot believe the timing. It's all God. It's the Holy spirit of literally, you know, Matt, you asked, does your church let you be real? Like, yes, I was real. And my sermon, I was honest about, you know, Hey, I know some of you have gone through worse, but yet let me just be real about what I've been through and how it, it did affect me in a negative way. And I prayed for, you know, I asked the church for forgiveness. I, I prayed for forgiveness in front of everybody, you know, and 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 then to actually experience it. <laughs> Literally, five, 10 minutes coming off the sermon um, and seeing the people still rally together and saying, hey, you know, we're going to love on you. We're going to love on this family, the buyer's family um, and support. And, and, and the texts and the calls have flooded yesterday, today, just love and outpouring for this family and, and for me and, um, so very, very able to be real and, and raw and uh, and throwing that out there. So thank God for the culture here at our church and the culture my family has embraced for sure. So what is our role, right? Like what is what Ooh. is our role through all this? I mean, obviously as a lead pastor, Drew as a next-gen pastor with kids and youth, like what what is our role through, through a situation like this? Well, I'll, I'll say one quick thing about that. And then I guess I'll let you talk, Drew. Um, <laughs> uh, reading the book, man, um, growth break, breaking growth barriers. It literally just read a quote that said, you know, if you're just a shepherding pastor, you need to look at being more of a ranching pastor. And the needs of your congregation need to be higher than your need to just help everyone individually. And so like this, like no one else could love on this wife like a senior pastor could, you know, no, you know, I couldn't delegate that. I couldn't say too bad. I'm going on my trip, you know, in this case, be due to the magnitude of this family, who they are. Um, you know, that was a, that was, that was a job for me, you know? And so I think my role was to be their pastor and to love them and to be there for them um, because of what he meant to me personally and to their church as a whole. So I think we have to balance that. No, at the time, 
to use your team, the time to be what only you can be. Yeah. I think for me, um, I definitely, I like that sentiment of like being able to like be there for more than just the, the one at each time. You know, I feel like in, in my role, especially being a part of lots of different aspects of life, you know, like there's, I have, um, I have a few families and actually even families that are on my kids ministry team, you know, like my staff where I am, I'm their boss. <laughs> I'm their kids, children's pastor on some kind of level. And I'm one of their kids, you know, student pastor. Um, and so it's like lots of, lots of different interesting things there. Um, you know, but I feel like, um, the ability to just be there is the most important thing. Um, yeah. like just being, being present, you know, when wow. those things happen, like, and just being available to be the, the voice of God in a moment like that. Um, just beyond anything else. Like there's, I cannot tell you how many times, like, like when we first moved here, um, and I first started this position here at Liberty, um, one of the really integral families here, um, literally like just in this area, probably like 60 or 70 people are all related to this one family, wow. <laughs> which is like, you know, I mean, they're not like cousins and all that stuff. That's weird. You know, they're not like that. <laughs> but, they, um, um, but, uh, but when um, we first moved here, um, the grandfather, like one of the grandfathers in this family passed away. Um, and we had literally been here for like two weeks. Um, and I can, I can tell you right now that like, Lexi and I going to the funeral for that um, has opened the doors for God to move um, in our relationship with that family on levels that I would, I probably still don't know um, the full aspect of, um, you know, like now, like their, their youngest is, you know, a senior in high school and is one of our student leaders and, you know, all the way to like being partnered in ministry with like one of their oldest and, and the mom of, of this, like, direct family is as one of my kids been directors because of all that and so it's just like all of these things that came not from not from me being able to have some kind of great word or uh, a poem to share with them you know when they were going through all this stuff uh, not with me being the director of their funeral it was just by be, being present and um, you know it's one of those things that you can never get back you know and so um, you know I definitely um, would encourage like, you know, for anyone who's, you know, going, walking through something like this with, with a church, you know, or whatever, like, like just know that like, you don't have to have it all together. You don't have to have it figured out. Um, you don't have to have all the answers. Um, most important, at least from my experience is just being, being there, just, mm -hmm. you gotta be there. And asking, I think, I think just being there to be maybe the person to say, hey, where is God in this moment? Yeah. Right. Just to say, hey, where where is God right now? Because, I mean, tragedy is going to happen, and and death is definitely one of those things where you know you can't plan for it. You can't. Yeah. It's so sudden. It happens. Um, Yet it's guaranteed. The most, <laughs> it's guaranteed. It's going to happen, and. You know, I just thank God that, you know, you know, for Nate, I mean, for you, I hope this is an exception to a time when you were going to go, go to Tennessee and see your kids and 
see your family and stuff like that. I mean, it's 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 crappy timing, but hopefully yeah. this timing is the exception. Yep. And I think maybe what I'm just feeling the spirit lead me to say right now though is that that's why you have to have a lunch table. That's why you yeah. have to have this time because you have to be able to pour out your soul. You know, you have to be able to pour out your emotions into a safe place and I think sometimes, you know, if it's your lead pastor or your direct report, you know, if even if there's that hint, that hint of like, I don't know if I can tell them what I'm really going through right now, yeah. go listen to this podcast, email us, text us, yeah. or go down the road and just pour your heart out to someone. <laughs> and if it's not, you know, to, you know. <laughs> maybe ask your permission first. <laughs> well, I, I heard a great thing a long time ago. And they said, and I can't, I'm going to botch this a little bit, but it was just concept of like, when you're sitting across the table and you pour your heart out to someone, they're either going to deflect it. <laughs> they're either going to make it about themselves mm. or they're either going to wow. listen. And if you can find the person who's ready to listen, you go out to lunch with them every chance you get. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think that's the point, like that's one of the points of this podcast wow. is to say, Hey guys, we're going to talk about things because we need people to listen to what we're going through. And I think today we just started recording. I don't even know if we were completely ready because it was just <laughs> no. like Nate was pouring out his heart and it was just this moment of just saying like, Hey, thank you, Nate, for being an example of what it means to be vulnerable in a, in a moment that you don't maybe aren't fully, um, <laughs> going to think through what you're going to say i mean you then not to say that you haven't thought through what you're going to say but i know that's always a fear of doing this podcast yeah. is to say man what happens when something comes out that that i don't know and i think that's but at the end of the day i think that's the point right, right. you know that's mm -hmm. the point of having a podcast to say i miss my family i'm struggling i'm split in half on this mm -hmm. i'm hurting trying to be a leader Oh, I had to say, I went from a phone call to saying to my kid, I'm coming to, I'm not coming. Now I'm the dad. Now I'm ministering to my kids, you know, all those things, you know? And so, yeah, I just think, I think that's just a lot of, a lot of emotions to cover, but you, I don't know, Nate, do you feel like you have a safe place? Like you, I don't know if the recording happening right now, but like, yeah. do you feel like you have a safe place to in and out of the lunch table to talk through these things? I, I do, man. And, and kind of the way God's wired me, it just, it makes my heart break knowing how many people don't have what I have, honestly. Like, um, yeah. and, and I was thinking, you know, people would know Mitch by name. A lot of our newer people, they would have seen that video. But even though what, what, what really uplifted me, man, through this was the text and the, and the calls of people saying, you know, that may not, Mitch passing may not have hit them as hard, of course, like, but everyone knew how close I was with Mitch and how close he was to me. And so they were reaching out to, to see how I was doing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like literally like, Hey, we know you're, you know, you're, you know, your family's gone. We know, you know, how close Mitch was to you. How are you doing? Are you okay? What can we do uh, to help you? And can I, can I say something crazy. real quick to that? Yeah. I don't, I don't think this episode is about us trying to give advice. I really think this is an episode about us just being open and honest. So, so take this the right way, because if you're at a church that people aren't doing that, those are some red flags. Those, those are red flags to things that eat away at your soul. And so Nate, I, I just, I love hearing that, that people are feeling, eating you right yeah. now that you are you, your soul is being fed what you've been preaching wow. and who you are and things like that yeah. which is so encouraging to hear 
and that and that's being led by the holy spirit right like when you as a leader say preach pour into um you know allow the spirit to lead you to to show others the real you and to show others you know the vulnerable side um it creates a connection you know and it can create a connection um what pisses me off is the people the church people the pharisees of 2021 that use that as ammo or use that as ways to attack you um which a lot of people go through a lot of people have that and i get that and um so like you know even even in a, this is how bad it is across the world as as great as i have it here i still had a fear of people saying dude get over it you know this is your job you know <laughs> you know what i mean like I, I i i had a fear of if they know how much it hurts to tell my family i can't come to tennessee them being like are you kidding me this we pay you to do this you know yeah and that's not been the yeah. case at all and that's and that's represented by you even saying even in here like now i'm not complaining <laughs> like right yeah yeah like, I'm know, like right? you don't have to like you don't have to say that here right like and i wow. think we all yeah, need like right. we all need a place to like to not have to say that <laughs> wow and that's where like i think the only part that you know obviously is you're opening up you're saying like it's the job it's the job i, I don't it's a calling it's not it a is. job wow like the job you clock out and you go home the job is hey this isn't in my you know a job is you get to just kind of come and go as long as you stay within the parameters of what you agree to nice. with your employee, employer, right? Like there is a calling of saying, hey, in this situation, I am choosing to stay because I feel like this is what God wants me to do. Right. Yeah. Now, uh, and I think I think the question in a future episode is to talk about like, when do we have to go to see the family? Yeah. Right. Like when do you like there's Mount Rushmore moments and that's where like what I've learned is these are all the exception and this goes back to that episode like Nate said please go listen to it because you got to have these conversations with your yep. family you got to you got to say lay the found work and that's why you got to have daddy daughter so I have two daughters so I have daddy daughter days you got to have yep. dad dates or whatever you call them Nate um I drew sent me a picture the other day with him and his son having an awesome moment together you know just you have to have all those things because as our kids get older, this gets harder. Yeah, like, yeah. This is the easy time, yeah. right? Like this they, is the, they actually want to hang out with us right now. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm leaving for another conference on um, Thursday. So this is three weeks in a row of, of being gone. And my kid this morning, um, Riley, five-year-old, she just goes, because of what I explained to her about the last one I was like, well, dad wants to get better at his job. Like dad wants to go and learn and how to work hard and get better. So this morning she remembered that was from three or four weeks ago. She goes, dad, you're already the best youth pastor. You know, you're already, you know, so good at your job. Like you don't have to go. You know, you're just like, okay, well, <laughs> I mean, good. you're like, you know? or it feels good. Well, you're like, but, I mean, uh, you're right. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, I feel like Kipton would probably come up to me and be like, Dad, are you really that bad at your job that you have to go to three? <laughs> <laughs> how, how much training do you need? Ugh, yeah. Gosh. But, uh, and when she gets older, I'll definitely. Um, I think this conversation has really encouraged me. I'm going I'm to say my wrapping up, like we need, we do need to wrap this up. So I'm going to say this, I think this is how I'm going to wrap up this conversation. And then I'll let Drew and Nate, whichever one talks first, you get to go next. But um, um, I think I'm going to wrap this up with realizing that as Riley, my five-year-old, and as all my kids get older, um, I'm going to have to talk to them about what it means to be called to something wow. and what, what a calling to ministry looks like. 
but I also am realizing, and like I said, things is a different episode, but what it means to say um, no when it comes to my family. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I think that's a conversation that we're going to need to have. But I think that's my my takeaway is realizing I need to have a conversation with my kids as they get older about just exactly what this job is and what it means. And I love, Nate, what you said about helping people when they're hurting. I think that was a really touching moment for me to be like, wow, that's what a great conversation to have with your kids and that kind of thing. So um, I'll let whoever wants to go next if you guys want to wrap up. Yeah, I feel like, um, you know, for me, like I definitely get this um, this vibe of like, I just, I, I really need to sit down and have more of those conversations um, with my son, Kipton, uh, you know, Kinsley, it's a little different and stuff, but, um, but trying to like help him understand that balance of like, okay, well, what, what fits into what category and, you know, what it's like to be called, you know, like to hear like kind of what Matt was saying, you know, that's definitely like a, a really interesting concept for um, a six-year-old for sure. Um, you know, but the, um, you're just trying to walk through all this stuff and, and um, you know, it's a reminder for me to, um, to be present, you know, through all the change that's happening in our freaking world right now. Um, and, um, and just to, you know, just to look for some of those like flags of like, okay, like what does, what does God want to do with these moments? Um, you know, that, that he's put me in, you know, and uh, kind of like what, Nate has been walking through this past week and um you know like it doesn't have to come down to the catastrophic um for those moments to be important and um you know just kind of like okay well where do I need to be on these things and and what comes next all right Nate close us out man yeah so all that man um you know coming full circle like we've been talking about you know the culture you create with your family um kind of hit me (laughs) processing with you guys like whether you have a church culture where you can be open and real or not, you know, whether you have a, a board that supports, you know, being sad about your family or not, um, your number one priority is your family. And so whether you have that support or not from the church as a whole, you need to um, pour into that family and into your family and let them know, you know, like that. Um, same thing coming off of the busiest October ever, every weekend, every whatever, you know, having a trip, having a conference, having a this, having a that, and still letting your kids know, you know, well, we're going to have that time um, because you don't know what's going to come up. You don't, you know, you can't, somebody said earlier, you know, you can't plan for, for when people are going to pass or whatever. So how are you loving your family every day? How are you, you know, preparing them for these moments? Because there's no excuse. If you're in ministry, you know, there's going to be curveballs. There's going to be things that happen. And, um, you know, you don't want your kids to feel like, oh, here we go again. Dad, dad's banning us instead, you know, how how they approach that and and your spouse, of course, too. So um, definitely um, pray about how to approach your family, about your calling. I love that, Matt. You're exactly right. It's a calling. And because it's your calling, it's also a calling for your whole family. Um, and so you need to approach it as a team and not just an individual job. So. Well, thank you all for joining us at the lunch table. I hope that whenever you're going through some hard times, you have those people that you can pour out to. And I hope you have people in your care that are pouring into you as well. And once again, you know, feel free to reach out to us if you need anything for us. Uh, bye. Peace. Peace.